Okay, our scripture today is from Psalms 23. This is probably a scripture that most of us know, but would you go ahead and pull out your Bible or even on your phone and let's read this together because we believe scripture is really important to do in community. We get to do it at home a lot by ourselves, but this is a time where we get to read it all together. Um, and Psalms, I think, was one of the first books that I learned where it was because it's right in the middle. So grab that Bible or if you brought your Bible today or even on your phone. And also, I want to draw your attention, if you're a guest, um, there's a little blue connect card there by the hymnals and Bibles in front of you. If you would take a minute to fill that out, and then later we'll put it in the offering plate, blah, offering plate. we'd love to um, send you a note this week. All right. Does everybody find Psalm 23? All right. I'm going to read it, and y'all just follow along there with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So good to be with you today. Good to continue in this series. Uh, I want to mention something real quick first that I actually heard um, just a few minutes ago is that we got our permit approved for putting a sign, a new sign out front. And so we're excited about that, and we've mentioned that before, that we're going to kind of have a new design for our name, and it's going to say uh, Cypress Street Church, or Cypress Street Dot Church, because that will be our new web address, and, and we're going to put that um, out on a really tall sign out over our existing sign that will hopefully be a little more visible and noticeable to people driving by who tend to not even notice where we are. And so uh, that's something we're excited about doing, and is uh, part of an outreach effort that we're engaged in is a, wanting to be a church on a mission and wanting not only to go deeper in our faith but to reach farther into our community and so uh, a lot of you committed to uh, giving towards an outreach fund and so if that's something that you haven't had a chance to start doing yet this would be a great time to as we prepare to uh, launch that sign in the next in the coming weeks or maybe a month or two I'm not exactly sure how long it's going to take we don't have the final timeline on that but we know we can get the ball rolling now and so um, along with that are going to come several other expenses that that come with changing some of our material over and brochures and things like that that have to be uh, changed over so uh, just wanted to mention that to you and we've been in this series keys to freedom where we're exploring uh, not it's not a series that's designed to make you perfect at the end of it, right? It's a, it's a series that's designed to equip you to find the freedom that you're meant to have in Christ. Jesus said that he came to set us free and that when, that, when we believe in him, we'll be free indeed. That's what we believe. We, uh, we believe that God created us for a purpose. He designed us for a certain way of life and that we have fallen far short of that. Every one of us with no exceptions. 
our, our lives all look different and some of us act like we've got it together and some of us can you know, put on a good Instagram face uh, but others of us don't do as well with that and, but the truth is that we're all in the same big boat together but Jesus came for that express purpose and, and so we can find the freedom to live the life that he designed us to live beginning now and so if you follow these principles that we're laying out that are biblical principles that rooted in scripture, you can begin to engage with these on a regular basis and you will grow increasingly free in your life. This is not a sales pitch or anything like that. It's just that the God who made you designed you for a certain purpose. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, not only to die to save you, but also to live to free you. And he's resurrected from the dead, and his Holy Spirit is alive and at work in his church today, and in the lives of those who believe in him. And these are just practical advice from scripture on how to engage with that God in a dynamic way, so that you can begin to live life the way he would desire for you to live. And today's topic is about healing life's hurts, and that's a big one for a lot of us. Uh, for some of us, uh, that maybe we don't think much about hurts, or we're thick-skinned, or uh, you know, we just, it doesn't cross our radar very much, uh, even we would benefit from taking some time to pray through this stuff. But there's some of us that are very aware of the hurts going on in our lives. Uh, we uh, used to be worship pastors. And we lived in Springfield, Missouri. And when we were there, I had a guy who came, started coming to our church. And his name was Terry. And we didn't know very much about him at the time. But we heard that he played piano really well. Well, we found out this story about him. That he had been actually a worship pastor himself at a church in Kansas. And had been, severe, you know, I guess you'd say severely wounded in ministry by that church and by the leadership of that church and by the community there to the point uh, where he left ministry and they eventually moved to Springfield, Missouri and had lived there and uh, when we met Terry he had not played piano in 15 years they had one sitting in their house and their two sons grew up not even hearing their dad play piano he had this tremendous talent and who knows in what other ways that hurt in his life manifested itself. But that was a, a very obvious one. That here's a, a gift and a passion that just gets shut down for over a decade by a hurt that he was carrying. The truth is that life is full of pain and suffering. This is something that... I don't know, I, I was exposed to that blatant fact recently, uh, just even in the last year, and it kind of took me aback for a moment because that's not the world I tend to live in. I try to be optimistic, right? And I, I try to see you know, the life from a glass half full kind of perspective. But the fact of the matter is that this life has always been and will always be until Jesus returns full of pain and suffering. In America, and perhaps Western world in general, we have bought into this notion that we should not have pain or suffering in this world. That it shouldn't happen, that we should be able to avoid it. 
with the right medication or the right diet or the right, you know, whatever, whatever plan you're on, you should be able to avoid pain and suffering in this life. But the fact is, if you live long enough, you will experience hurt. It's a fact of life. And so the question becomes, not will you or how do you avoid it, but what do you do when it finds you? How do you handle it when it comes? I went through a good bit of my life without any major hurt that would register on the, on the you know, wow, pain and suffering list. And probably like you, I still look at my life and I say, well, compared to what other people have dealt with or deal with, you know, I, I can't complain. And yet every one of us has experienced hurts. There's no sense in comparing and playing the comparison game. We've all been wounded in different ways. Something that may have affected me in a small way might have affected you in a large way. It's, things strike us all differently. But one thing remains a constant and has since the fall of humanity is that there's pain and there's suffering and there are hurts and there are wounds in this life. And if you live long enough, no matter how much your parent might try to shelter you from it, sooner or later, life will happen to you. And hurts will happen to you. How will you deal with it? That's the question. Today, we read from this Psalm 23. It's a famous passage. We often read it uh, amongst other places at funerals. Because that's a time when we're hurt. And this gives comfort and it gives hope. I want to look at it in kind of three sections quickly today. And I want to look at it through the lens of Jesus because that's what we do around here. Jesus is the subject He's pretty much all we talk about around here because we are Christians, right? That means we are followers of Jesus. And when we read scripture, whether the Old Testament that was written before Jesus ever showed up on the scene or the New Testament written after, we read it through that lens of Jesus. And we see things in the Old Testament that we see now were foreshadowing Jesus. Or that Jesus himself kind of flipped the script on. And this is one of those examples where we read the famous words, the Lord is my shepherd. And we know that Jesus Christ came saying, I am the good shepherd. And so when we read Psalm 23, unlike, uh, you know, even David who wrote it or, or the Jews who memorized it uh, before Jesus time, we read this through the lens and we know that Jesus is our good shepherd. That God sent him for that purpose. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. When we're hurt, and you may be hurting today, or you may be harboring a hurt deep inside you that happened years and years ago. Whatever the case may be, our good shepherd is the one who restores. Jesus said, Come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. 
I am the good shepherd. He is the one that leads us beside quiet waters to restore our soul. Psalm 23 goes on and we find that not only does someone who is hurt need restoration in their soul, but they also need protection. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And it's one of the things that happens when we get hurt, is that fear creeps in. That we might get hurt again, right? And it hurts our, our relationships with people. You know, you'll hear stories of, uh, you know, maybe a woman is abused by a man, either a father or a husband, and then has trouble trusting men after that, right? And, and there's, a, there's a fear that creeps in through that. And there's hundreds of examples of how this plays out in our life. I mean, we see it even with animals, right? And pets that are abused and the fear that creeps into their life. And this is something that happens when we're hurt. And so we need not only a shepherd who will lead us beside quiet waters and restore our soul, but one who will offer some protection that will help us get, gain some confidence to live this life, not trapped in, in shackles by our hurts that are leaving fear in our life. And so a good shepherd not only restores, but also protects. And one more thing. Before I give the one more thing, I also wanted to mention that, that uh, Jesus and the Apostle Paul both mentioned this, that Jesus said, you know, in this world you'll have trouble, but I've overcome the world. And Paul talked about how we can't be separated from the love of Christ no matter what troubles come our way. The worst ones that you can imagine in this life in the physical realm or the spiritual realm, nothing compares to the love of Christ towards us. And, and so we have this promise that our good shepherd will also be our protector. And, and finally, in the Psalms, it not only restores and talks about protecting, but it talks about hope. That part of the healing process is not only to find restoration and to find confidence in Christ and His presence in your life, but also to have hope restored to you. That it's possible to hope again. And so it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The book of Revelation at the very tail end of your Bible is a book that was written to a persecuted church. A church facing many troubles. A church very hurt and wounded. We read there where John, who is having this vision from God, sees this host of people clothed in white robes and he asks who are these people? And he's told that these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. That word tribulation means troubles. It's the same word that Jesus used when he said in this world you will have 
trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. It's the same word uh, that the Apostle Paul used that said, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Can troubles? And this same word appears in Revelation. These are those who have come out of the great troubles, the great tribulation, and they've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And watch this. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and they serve Him day and night in His temple and He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. It's that protection. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. What an odd statement. He will lead them to springs of living water. That sounds like Psalm 23, doesn't it? And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I love that image of God. So personal. He doesn't send someone to wipe away their tears. God himself goes and wipes away their tears. This was written to restore hope to a persecuted church. To remind them of who their shepherd was. That they can find restoration for their souls. That they can find protection of a kind that the world cannot offer. Because nothing can separate them from the love of Christ. And that they can find hope again. That they could dare to dream and hope of a better future again. How can we be confident that Jesus can offer this healing? That we want and yet we probably hesitate to put full stock in, to really put our faith in that, that fact that, that He could do that for us or that He would do that for us. Why should we trust Him? I read these quotes. It's from an author that I like and it's a book that I'd like to read called The Wounded Healer. And he asked this question, who can take away suffering without entering it? Henry Nouwen. And he also said, the great illusion of leadership is to think that a man could be led out of the desert by someone who has never been there. And the reason that you can trust Jesus to bring healing into your wound is because he's been there. On our note cards today, our, our main thought today is this, that Jesus died wounded so that we could live healed. That Jesus died wounded so that we could live healed. In Revelation it said, For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And I said, what an odd statement, that the Lamb would be the shepherd. Seems kind of weird, kind of backwards, kind of upside down. Why is Jesus called the Lamb? In, in Old Testament times, if you're familiar with the Jewish practice, when they had the temple, they would bring a lamb at Passover and sacrifice the lamb on the altar. Jesus is that sacrifice. He was sacrificed on a cross. A final sacrifice. He was wounded 
so that we could be healed. Therefore, the Lamb is the shepherd. He was wounded, he died wounded so that we could live healed, so that you can be restored, so that you can be protected, so that you can have hope again. For the Lord is my shepherd, and the shepherd is the Lamb. That's good stuff. I want to ask you a few questions. And with these questions come three short stories from Jesus' ministry on earth. As you think about uh, practically what it means for you to engage with Jesus, the Lamb, who, who died wounded so that you could live healed. There was a man that Jesus encountered who had been lame for 38 years. And he laid there wounded, you know, bitter, all that. He, he laid there for 38 years and Jesus came along and Jesus said, do you want to get well? And we read that and we think, duh. <laughs> like, the man is there looking for healing, Jesus. I think he wants to get well. But this is not such an obvious question. It's not. Because there's all sorts of reasons the guy might not have really wanted to get well. Jesus asked this question not only of this man but of others as well. Because when you're in that position and you've been there for 38 years, it's all you've known. And not everyone wants to get well who's hurt. And so one thing you need to ask yourself as you think about hurts that you have in your life is do you even really want to get well? It's easy to get to a place where you're just used to life that way. You're, you've been hurt by that person. You're not even sure you want that relationship to be healed. You know what I'm saying? You get to a place where you're used to leveraging your hurt so that you don't have to face certain responsibilities. Other people do that for you because they know you've been hurt. How long are you going to let that go on? Do you really want to get well? It's a question you have to wrestle down to the ground if you ever want to find freedom in Christ. Sometimes you just, that hurts so much a part of you, has been with you for so long that it's all you know, and a future without it is an unknown future. It's just like guys you hear about, right, that are in prison, and after they've been in prison long enough, it's kind of scary to get out. And sometimes our hurts can be like a prison that we live in, and at some point it's kind of scary to think about being free from that. So you have to wrestle that first question down. Do you want to get well? There's another story. A woman who had a, a bleeding issue for 12 years. And this, you know, I don't think we understand the gravity of what she was dealing with in that culture, in that time. There were no female hygiene products. Just rags. That's what you had back then. And that's why women, when they were on their period, were sidelined from society. Not just in that culture, but in ancient civilizations in general. That's just, it was life. The, the, those products hadn't been invented to allow life to kind of go on. And so this woman, 12 years, no stop, been permanently sidelined. 
And everyone knew her issue. There's no good way to hide your issue. And she ventures out into this crowd where Jesus is and reaches out and touches him. That's risky. Everyone there knows about her. Her best hope is that they don't notice her because they're all looking at Jesus. And that Jesus won't notice her either. And in her faith, and her desperation, she reaches out and she finds healing. Are you willing to risk faith in Jesus? Are you willing to risk faith in Jesus? Are you willing to... It's a risk because, I mean, amongst other things, you know that question nagging in the back of your mind of what if healing doesn't come? What if it's not God's will for, for me to be healed? What if this doesn't work? What if I get my hopes up just to have them crushed again? So are you willing to risk faith in Jesus? And one more story. There was a woman at a well. She comes to Jesus and Jesus engages this conversation with her about water, living water. And he says, slyly, cleverly, because he knew what was going on in her life, even though she hadn't told him, why don't you bring your husband out here and we'll have a, a talk about this. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And he said, you're right. You've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now isn't your husband. And we all think, ooh, what a scandalous woman. But from what I've read about that culture, it was pretty easy for men to divorce their wives. Now, I don't know what baggage this lady had going on. Maybe she was an adulterous woman and had been cheating on her husbands habitually, and so they kept divorcing her. I don't know. Maybe she just had... A bad attitude and it wore on them after a while. I don't know. Maybe she had bad B.O. They didn't have deodorant back then. Who knows? We don't know what happened. But can you imagine being rejected by five husbands? Yeah, by the, by the time you get there, you might be a little hesitant to marry the next one too. Can you imagine the wound from being rejected no matter what her role was in it? I guarantee you this woman was hurt. And she owns it with Jesus. You're right. And she's willing to go into the society that shunned her and tell them, come see the man that told me everything I've ever done. She was vulnerable. She was vulnerable with Jesus. She was vulnerable with others. And she found healing, it appears. Are you willing to be vulnerable? If you want healing from the hurts in your life, you're going to have to have some honest conversations with Jesus, possibly with a pastor or a counselor or a trusted friend or even your circle, or any group that you feel comfortable with, you're going to have to be brave enough to be vulnerable, starting with God, starting with Jesus, 
You're going to have to be willing to get honest, to bear your soul, to talk about things and deal with things that are more comfortable left buried under the surface, and yet they're holding you back from the freedom that God would want you to live in. So do you want to get well in the first place? Are you willing to risk faith in Jesus? And are you willing to be vulnerable? Take a moment right now. And maybe it would help if you close your eyes. But if, if you're going to fall asleep, don't do that. But get with God for a moment. And I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit would take just a moment and speak to you and begin opening your heart to where you're at in this process. Wrestle with these questions alongside God. Holy Spirit, I ask that right now you would move in people's hearts and minds. That you would reveal hurts that they are harboring in their hearts. And help them process those with you. If you would just take a few moments and work through those questions. Do you want to get well? Are you willing to risk faith in Jesus? Are you willing to be vulnerable? This is a picture of our worship ministry in Springfield, Missouri, uh, most of them anyway. And I've got an arrow pointing. That's our friend Terry. And uh, Terry began to play piano with us after years and years of not playing. And we were amazed at how talented he was. But the most amazing thing was to hear how every week he played, the rust continued to fall off. And what, you know, what we thought was awesome talent turned out to be just the beginning. And the guy is just phenomenal and used his gifts alongside us for several years there. Such a blessing. And such a great guy. And God really worked to bring healing to his life in that season. After so many years of being so deeply affected by that. I wonder if you would ask yourself what your life would look like if you were completely healed of every hurt you still feel. What would you be doing differently? What would your attitude towards the future be like? Do you think you'd be a more hopeful or optimistic person? Would you attempt more or do more Treat others better or differently. What would a healed life 
look like for you? Jesus died wounded so that we could live healed. The Lord can be your shepherd. And the shepherd is the lamb. God did not stay removed from our hurts, but entered them and took them on himself so that he could bring healing to them. Not so we could stay bound up in them. Don't let it continue to hang over you. Work through it with God. If it takes a month, if it takes a year, if it takes years, work through it with God. Don't be satisfied staying there in your hurt, bound up in it, living fearful, hurting others. We all know that hurt people, right? Hurting people hurt others. Don't do it. Don't live that way. It's not the life that God designed you for. It's not what He wants for you. And so one of the keys to freedom is to find healing from the hurts. If you work through the study guide, then you work through kind of a process this week of, that you can use and reuse and reuse. If you didn't get a chance to use that process in, in this message or uh, today in your circles, this gets kind of awakened for you that maybe this is something you need to deal with. Uh, we'll get one of those study guides out. Uh, contact us if you need one. And work through that process with God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for being our good shepherd. Sometimes our hurts get the best of us. They rob us of the freedom that we should be living in as children of God. Holy Spirit, there are some in this room who need to be restored. Their souls are wounded. And there are others here who need to trust your protective hand to begin overcoming the fear that remains from past hurts. And there are some here who need to just dare to hope again. So meet us where we are. Help us, God, to live healed and whole in Christ so that we can offer your life to others. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.